You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journey here at UVic. In the studio with me today is Lee Wiki-Storter. She is a grad student in neuroscience here. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's start off by talking a little bit about... Um, about what it is you're studying, because um, it looks pretty complex. Uh, something to do with genesis of uh, something from stem cells. Yeah. Elaborate. Yeah, so pretty much the lab I'm working in works on a process called neurogenesis, and um, that basically just means the birth of new neurons. Okay. Um, so neurons are, of course, those like main cells within your brain, right, that send the electrical signals back and forth and mm-hmm. kind of communicate between each other. So we look at how um, new neurons are born in the adult brain and how that might be used for um, potential brain repair strategies in the future. Hmm. That's really interesting. I admit when I looked at the little blurb about what it is you do, um, I thought that it was something to do with like babies or fetuses, but it's, you're looking at uh, new neurons being developed in adult brains. Yeah, yeah. so that's it's pretty common um, misconception, I think, where I'm sure everyone was told, you know, um, be careful with your head, right? Like whatever neurons you have, you're kind of stuck with those. If you hurt your brain, it's not going to grow back. But actually, um, uh, I think it's about 20 years ago or so. It was, it was a while ago now that uh, scientists actually found that um, even in adults and after, you know, developmental neurogenesis, which occurs. So after development, you still have this continual process of um, new cells being added to your brain from a pool of stem cells. Wow. Uh, how recent was that uh, discovery? Um, it's within the past few decades, yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't know the exact date. Huh. So how do you guys study this? What exactly do you look at? Um, so we look at really like small level things. We look at the cellular and molecular level. Um, so I particularly look at certain proteins within these stem cells themselves and Mm. how these proteins kind of control the behaviors of these cells. So I do a lot of um, culture of cells outside of the animal itself. So I don't do much work with animal models. I'm more kind of use, you know, these typical dishes that are growing little cells in them um, and look at just kind of what they're doing. And uh, if I modify the environment around them, how that kind of modifies their behavior. And you, uh, this is your master's or your PhD? It started as a master's Mm -hmm. and I uh, just recently switched in January, last January to a PhD. Wow. Um, What brought you to this? Why is this your your passion and project, I guess? Yeah. Well, my background was in biochemistry before this. So um, the lab that I'm in actually seems kind of like a biochemistry um, or cellular molecular biology lab that happens to have its focus in neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally was interested in it just based on that kind of background where I got to use my biochemistry skills and um, through that became really interested in the brain and in neuroscience. So mm-hmm. it kind of transformed into that. So where did you study and uh, for your undergrad? I did my undergrad here as well, actually. So I, okay. I came out of UVic with a biochem degree. And have you gone straight through? Yes, for the most part. I... Um, my last term of my undergrad was a part-time term where I started um, as a lab tech at the same time in in my current 
lab. Mm -hmm. And then after a few months, when I actually finished my undergrad, I started as a master's student and have just stayed there. Wow. (laughs) Um, So do you see yourself going forward and continuing doing this kind of work? Do you want to stay in research and do that when you're done? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've kind of struggled choosing between uh, medical school or staying in research, but at least at this particular moment, I'm leaning more towards the research side of things. Mm-hmm. It must be an exciting field to work in too. Yeah. Um, have have things come up that have really like uh, surprised you or been really exciting in your research? Well, um, being in research, pretty much, you're not kind of redoing other people's work, right? Like you're you um, are doing new work all the time, so you're finding results that no one else has seen before. So you always get new, exciting results. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For for like a a neuroscience PhD, um, I've I've talked to someone who's doing their... um, their PhD in astrophysics. And he was saying that it's quite different than some, if you're coming from the humanities or something Mm -hmm. where you have like your thesis and Mm -hmm. then you work on it and you write on it. He says it's sort of like a collection of projects for him that he's put together for his PhD. What does it look like for you? What will your Mm -hmm. finished project be? Kind of like course requirements and what I'm doing, yeah. Um, So the neuroscience program itself is a really recent addition to the grad school here. Um, I was actually in like the initial neuroscience class, so it's kind of still evolving a little bit as we go along, but right now I had to do um, a few courses, like a general neuroscience course, and then um, some like seminar courses that are that are more student-led courses, mm-hmm. and then, but other than that, um, most of my time is spent in the lab doing research, and at the end of everything, I will have to write up my like a thesis my um my project and it'll probably be composed of um maybe like two or three chapters which are all um slightly different topics but they all relate together and they all kind of yeah fall under um I guess the same general area yeah (laughs) Is this something you saw yourself doing when you first started out uh, at school? Uh, No, I had no idea what I was doing. I originally thought I was going to go to med school, but um, being an undergrad in science, it's about, I would say, a good two-thirds of the people that you start with think they're going to med school. Mm -hmm. So um, within the first few months, they go, obviously, I I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) I must just be one of, you know, this huge majority that thinks they want to go to med school, but uh, it's not going to happen. So... Um, yeah, I didn't really know, and that's why I started just being a lab tech mm-hmm. in the lab I'm in now, because just to see what I wanted to do. And um, yeah, this is this is not where I saw myself originally. <laughs> did the project that you're working on? Did you come to it because you were already involved in the lab, and it just made sense to get involved with it? Or yeah, it did, mm-hmm. and um, I just wasn't ready to leave the lab. Pretty much, I wanted to kind of see where this project went. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also partly why I transferred from a master's to a PhD. I just wasn't really ready to let this project go. We haven't finished it yet. So yeah. I kind of wanted to be around to see what was happening. Are you from Victoria originally? I am actually from Up Island a little bit. So oh, yeah. my family lives in Cowichan Bay. Okay. And I went to high school in Mill Bay at Francis Kelsey. And I'm actually living in Shawnigan right now. So I commute here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the field that you're uh, that you're working in, it seems so interesting, and like just anything looking at the human brain, it's, mm-hmm. it just seems so fascinating because mm-hmm. it's so, I don't know, we understand so little yeah, about it. It's so like. intricate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, 
I don't know, do you spend your spare time reading about brains as well? <laughs> How does that work? I feel like I spend some spare time reading about brains now and then, so. Um, well, I guess sometimes. Um, I try not to always do work, but um, yeah, I I have like my candidacy coming up for my PhD soon, so it's kind of a midway hmm exam, I guess, where your committee members kind of grill you on all aspects of neuroscience. So lately I've been doing a lot of brain reading and um, studying mm-hmm. and yeah, that takes up a lot of my time. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What's your favorite aspect of what you do? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> 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 I like being able to see just just results that no one's ever seen before and to Mm. try and kind of piece them together where you have little bits and pieces of the story and you have to kind of make a coherent picture out of it and Mm -hmm. try and understand why you're seeing, you know, these four or five different things and how they fit together. Right. So I like, I like doing that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting problem solving, I guess. So looking at little things will tell you like about the regenesis of, of neurons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, like I said, we look at the at the really uh, kind of minuscule level, where it's a lot of a lot of labs will look at you know behaviors or um, look more at the organism itself, and we kind of look at this basic science approach just to see what is kind of underlying everything. Mm-hmm. What what are the the molecules or the proteins or whatever it is that's actually causing um, these outward apparent changes in behavior? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of the base. The, uh, the ground, the groundwork here. The very basic <laughs> yeah. level. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I interviewed an, a guy who was um, doing more, um, what is it? I don't know if it was neuroscience exactly, but he was mm-hmm. more on the psychology, behavioral mm-hmm. psychology side of things. Yeah. And it was interesting because he seemed like he was studying something very similar to what you were doing, t- yeah. looking at like brain injuries and things like yeah. that. And then, um, but yeah, a totally different approach, looking at the way in which patterns of behavior and stuff um, show these kinds of things. Do you guys ever talk to each other about yeah, your we do. discoveries? Um, yeah, The neuroscience program actually is made up of people from a bunch of different departments. So mm-hmm. I'm in the medical sciences, the division of medical sciences, but um, it's also composed of quite a few labs in the biology department and also in the psychology department. Mm-hmm. So um, it's I think maybe it's getting better in recent years that people are actually talking to, other, to each other across these faculties now, mm-hmm. um, and setting up this new program has helped with that. But yeah, I think we've um, we've kind of started to at least talk to each other about, with people doing, I guess, similar research, even if it's totally different mm-hmm. methods. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, that's interesting, that, that sort of integration of different faculties. Um, do you think it enhances your research or the way you think about these things? Yeah, definitely the kind of your perception, mm-hmm. um, especially in for myself, um, kind of the more broad, broad implications of my work. So rather than getting, you know, just totally absorbed in the protein level or the cell level, you can actually take a step back and think how this might be, you know, outwardly affecting behaviors or um, have implications for, you know, future strategies for brain repair or for improving the quality of people's life or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, helps a bigger picture. What are some of the practical implications of what you're actually looking at right now? Once you mm-hmm. know, I guess, w- w- you hoping to understand how this regeneration happens and then once you know that, yeah. what do you do? So we're hoping that once we understand 
how this process is regulated that we can artificially kind of tweak it, you know? So um, we actually look at a lot of stroke studies in our lab. And um, in stroke, of course, you lose a portion of your brain, right? You, mm. you stop blood flow to a portion of your brain and that portion just dies. So if you can control this process of neuron birth and um, kind of integration, then you might actually be able to fill this kind of hole of dead material um, following stroke or following really any sort of disease where you lo- lose these brain cells. Wow, so you could so. potentially regrow those parts of the brain. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's neat. And then that would, um, that would probably, I'm guessing, um, help with recovery. So. I would hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. And so would the, I guess, would the idea to be to take uh, cells from the person's existing body or take cells from somewhere else to regrow these neurons? Um, the idea would be that you just kind of tweak this process that's already ongoing mm. in someone. So you don't have to implant any new cells or really even take cells out of them. You just maybe have to give them some sort of drug or Mm. something like that that just causes these cells to um, grow faster or, you know, move to this certain area of damage rather than Mm. the area they normally go to, but somehow just kind of just slightly tweaking this process that's already going on. Mm. Um, Now, you said something about the area they normally go to. Are different kinds of neurons growing and going to different parts of the brain? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, there are. So in... In the adult brain, there's two areas Mm -hmm. where there's typically this neurogenesis going on. Um, One has to do with an area involved in memory. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it kind of makes sense if you think about it. You have all these new neurons being um, formed and integrated to form memories, right? Form new memories. And the other area, um, your neurons actually go towards... Uh, structures involved in olfaction or smelling Hmm. so those are thought to be involved kind of in memory but more in responses associated with smell so like memory relating back to a smell or fear responses relating to like a smell or something like that Hmm. so there's these yeah kind of two discrete populations that exist and are those the only neurons that are being regenerated or are there other ones are you looking at that still those are the two that i know of right okay (laughs) there might be more yeah i think those are the two main ones right yeah it's yeah. so fascinating that this stuff happens. Are we constantly regrowing? Like, uh, how many neurons <laughs> am I growing in, like, a day or a week? Honestly, I don't even know the number. But, right. um, yeah, you're you're constantly generating new neurons. Hmm. And um, So does that mean that the old ones are constantly dying as well? Um, yeah, there's... It's this funny process where a lot are, like, they kind of start to grow, but... Not all that many of them even survive. Um, And there are certain processes that actually seem to promote this neurogenesis or um, either promote the division and growth of cells or maybe survival of the new cells. Mm So um, like like exercise, for example, actually promotes neurogenesis. Oh, yeah. Um, So just kind of all those, you know, typical eat right, uh, actually get like your exercise, get proper sleep, you know, reduce stress, all that kind of thing actually like really does help. It's a real thing. (laughs) It's a real thing. They're not lying to you. (laughs) (laughs) Like your brain will actually grow some new cells. Yes, exactly. So there's there's just some uh, conditions like that that kind of help Mm -hmm. your cells actually grow. 
<laughs> yeah. That's funny. Has, <laughs> has your work made you think about, I guess, like life differently? I know, you know, you, you learn more about something and then you look at stuff yeah. related to that, it seems like, and everything is different. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I know, like, when I first started learning about the stuff, my reaction was like, oh, they're seriously, they haven't been lying to me all these years. <laughs> and, like, just trying to get me to, you know, like, do exercise or eat right or something. Like, it's actually, here's proof. Like, here's scientific proof that <laughs> that really does help. <laughs> you eat right so, and yeah. exercise. Yeah. 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 Are you more careful? Are you careful about like, do you think about brain injury and things like that ever and being careful about that stuff? Uh, That's um, a weird question, but I don't know. You never know. (laughs) um, I wouldn't say I think about it that much, but Mm -hmm. now like I know if um, I run into someone who has like a brain injury or something, I immediately like have questions in the back of my mind about, you know, exactly Mm -hmm. what's going on at the cellular level. Um, with that kind of thing but you said you got uh, the chance to look at like uh, stroke victim cases do you look at other cases of brain injury and does it how does it vary the way you look at it yeah so we actually use um, animal models for the most part Mm. for our brain injury and I really don't have anything to do with actual like case studies clinical case studies Um, but there are a few labs in um, psychology departments and in um, you know, those FE departments and stuff that actually work with stroke patients and do rehab and that kind of thing. But mm. our work is focused for the most part on um, like rodent animal models. Right. Yeah. You said that the neuroscience here at UVic is a very new department. Yes. Um, is, it, is it new? Um, I don't know. Is it a, a field that's just new in general? Or are there, are there older established schools in like North America or Europe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's not, New, a new field. It's mm-hmm. um, just a new department at UVic because we were kind of such a small university, right? Um, and I think that we're in the, we're in the medical school building, and I I think that some of the professors who came in with the medical school and into the division of medical sciences kind of pioneered this neuroscience program. Um, and that was based on the institutions that they originally came from that had established neuroscience programs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, across the country, you know, all the big universities, they tend to have neuroscience programs. Like Calgary has a uh, really big one. Um, Toronto has a really big neuroscience program. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not a new field, just yeah. new here. <laughs> <laughs> and once you finish this, um, I know there's different people from different departments in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of jobs are available for people? Is it strictly like staying here, you know, working in research or maybe going to work for, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, pharmaceutical company or something like that? Yeah. Um, I actually don't know a ton about that. We've, uh, we've, all of us as students have actually started trying to get some more information flowing about um, what jobs are out there for us. But the obvious ones to us anyway are either going to medical school or um, continuing on in research and eventually um, becoming a professor or something. But I know you can go um, work for like industry and drug companies. Um, you could work for the government. There's government labs. Mm-hmm. Um, some people even go on to be like journal editors or science writers mm-hmm. or as far as I know, there are a lot of options. They're just not easily accessible to us at the moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the information anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, um, I, we're almost done, but I should mention that you are a recipient of the Vanier Scholarship this yes. year. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, do you want to just tell us what exactly that means for you then? Um, other than the money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's it's a really prestigious award. So mm-hmm. um, basically, whatever I decide to do following um, my PhD, it's going to be, you know, this really obvious kind of award on my CV that, that people will recognize as being a really prestigious award. And um, basically just help help me with any of my future right, career yeah. um, applications, I guess. Was the application process difficult at all? Uh, it wasn't difficult. It's just long yeah. and drawn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to do. Yeah. Congratulations, and thank Thanks. you for being my guest today. Thank you. Again, thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV.